So things got spicy a little bit last night when it comes to ACC men's hoops. We got a couple birds, a couple technicals, a couple ejections, and a couple double overtime wins. We love to see it. We'll talk about all of this on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere. Also, let's talk through today's episode of some men's hoops. There was a lot of very exciting action that went down on a Tuesday night. You know, sometimes things get spicy, sometimes things get rowdy, but you just, you never know what you're going to get. All you know is you're going to get good quality entertainment. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions do apply. Kenton, how are you feeling about last night's matchups? It was it was spicy, was it not? You are on mute once again. It was spicy, and we got some free basketball, ladies and gentlemen. We got tons of free basketball out of, of the uh, Clemson-Georgia Tech game, and I'll tell you what, as much as we don't want to talk about the Capels, sometimes the Capels got to talk about themselves. What a time. And NC State, uh, you know, uh, a lot of folks like to say that they, they season their food a little extra down there in the South. Well, I, I felt the saltiness seeping out of PNC Arena with some of the technicals, some of the ejections, some of the things that had happened that, you know, I'm not sure uh, if DJ Horn actually flipped those birds. You know, it might have been uh, the fake news media conspiring against them. Uh, photoshopping that potentially. Mm, Not quite sure. Well, let's get right into it, shall we? North Carolina State and Wake Forest met two of the top teams in the ACC currently. Big matchup for both schools, both trying to remain steadfast in terms of being a top of ACC play. NC State came out rather sluggish, I would say, but it was Wake Forest's car who certainly had a lightning first half, but it was a tale of two halves, was it not? I think that Coach Keats and his illnesses maybe got the best of him. He was wearing a mask because he was um, feeling under the weather, but that mask came off quickly when certain missed calls from the refs really got him riled up. Eventually he was ejected from the game. What was it? Maybe 10 minutes in? No. How long did he stay? Right. The, 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 um, what was it called? The NyQuil kicked in. Yeah. He, he was ejected well before halftime. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are not watching, a lot of people like to call Dave Doran salty Dave when he gets upset. We now present to you killer Kev Keats. Cause man, did you hear the post-game press conference where he was saying, I'm sick of this sugar, honey, iced tea, and mm. people telling us we aren't tough and whatnot? To win a game where you go 0 of 8 from deep, to win a game where a car goes off for a career high, to win a game where you get ejected at halftime, this Wolfpack team just doesn't have any die in them, and they just continue to battle. They continue to fight. They continue to win games where you're asking yourself, you watch the entirety of the game, and for at least 35-ish minutes, you say, 
What a disappointing showing. Keesey just can't get it done. And then somehow, some way, in that last five minutes, they pull it out. You know, what what a game, what a time. And and it's very interesting that both uh both Keats and Dorn in beating Way Forest had both of them apologizing to their fan bases, saying, Oh my God, that was such a poor performance. We just don't know how we put that in front of our fans. We're so sorry. Very well, interesting. Well, I think more so Forbes' team and Wake Forest played into the hands of NC State and sort of got yeah. into the emotional side of it. We saw some ejections that were maybe warranted, not warranted in the second half, and people were definitely flustered by the ref officiating that night. I mean, you saw Salas' mom – or, yeah, Salas' mom tweeting and Livingston's mom, like, all – everybody was feeling away, right, which rightfully so. I think they both sides – I think it was a poorly officiated game. I agree. We'll stop. Um, but I definitely think that Forbes' team was the hotter hand, certainly could have put the game away and just let NC State come back and come back in dominant fashion. I do think credit to NC State's assistant coaching staff that was able to get it done. But the energy that maybe we were looking for on Saturday during the North Carolina-NC State matchup, we kind of got here in this Wake Forest-NC uh, State one. And I think that's something to be said about DJ Horn flipping off the refs you know, at the end of the game, which – Unfortunately, in this world, you know, you can't do anything without mm-hmm. somebody finding their cell phone, finding the TV commercial, something. So yeah. I'm sure he learned from his mistakes. Obviously, he released an apology, but it was it was a pretty good time in Raleigh if you were there. You know, DJ Horn has already apologized. That's a young man with contrition in his heart. You know, he's very apologetic. The ACC officials should let it go and potentially not suspend him. For that, no, but seriously, it's very unacceptable. It's very unacceptable. He should get suspended. My brother in Christ, there were literally, literally two seconds left on the clock, and you're up five points. Whatever feelings you have towards the refs, you can display it in so many ways that will not get you suspended, and you chose one of the few that will. You could have hung your head and said, "F these refs." You could have walked off the court and said, these refs were a clown show. You could have, you know, y'all could have rallied in the locker room and flipped a collective bird when the cameras were off to the ref. But you had to do it, not only in the game, but on the free throw line when the eyes of a ranger are upon you. Why? Why? You know, and I think it just also un- it welcomes unwelcomed conversations and comments because yeah. obviously Keats got ejected and you know, have another player headbutt a Wake Forest guy. And, of course, you know, the flipping off. But it's like, oh, if it's rowdy, classless, blah, 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 blah. Then we start playing the class game. And it just it's annoying. If we can avoid, you know, it's just really not that deep. Nobody's going to remember the birds, right? Like the game happened. He flipped him off. We move on. They got everybody has about eighteen more games, fourteen more games to play. So like, let's not. But unfortunately, in the society we live in, it's just they, somebody definitely saved that one in the drafts. Oh, absolutely, and and many people saved it. Many people sent it out. Some some fans were proud of it. Some fans were embarrassed. Other fan bases were all, "Oh, look at how embarrassing and classless this is." And it's like you got a soft chin, brother. But that's neither here nor there. The reality is is very simple. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary. Yes, Horn led NC State in scoring. He did a ton of good things on the court. He was 9 of 15, 60% inside the arc. And we're not talking about that because, DJ, you decided to do something foolish and selfish with two seconds left on the clock. You got to be better, man. You got to be better. 
hundred percent. Again, eighty three six seventy six victory for the pack. Nothing to hang your hats off if you're Wake Forest. Just have to kind of rally and get back, get Carr having a season high game. It just is one of those career emotional, high, career high. Career excuse high. me, career oh, high. Yeah. It's one of those emotional, emotional nights. I got the best of. Uh, the Deacons in the end, but they're not the only ones that have had a rally and cry of just needing to figure it out and find a way. Clemson, the Clemson Tigers, you know, just when you think you can get behind them and start feeling like PJ Hall and the boys are going to turn the sea tide, they're going to get in the NCAA tournament. They just say one second, Lenardi, you know, one fine second. We'll talk about here in just a moment, but want to remind our friends about today's episode being sponsored by our friends at LinkedIn. We all know that at the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs is number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. Kenton Gibbs and here Kenton Gibbs and I here talking through ACC hoops. It was quite the show last night. The Clemson Tigers are going through double overtime loss woes this morning as they wake up and trying to turn the page and figure out what's next for the program. But Georgia Tech came into the Tigers arena and said, listen, we are going to go out swinging, and if our freshmen have to do it, damn it, then that's just what has to get done. And they certainly did the 93-90 victory for the Yellow Jackets. My question is, when is the last time that we saw multiple players hit multiple career highs on teams and both of those teams lose? I mean, P.J. Hall went out there and lit it up. The young man was unstoppable from pillar to post, wall to wall. He was doing it all for the Clemson Tigers. And yet, they still come away short because Georgia Tech, like you said, everybody contributed. The young guys contributed. The guys who are not normally the stars of the show contributed. You look up and you say to yourself, man, how? what does Clemson need to do to get over that hump? They seem to be right there every game. They seem to be close in every game, and yet somehow they fumble it off, they mess it off, Every time, I mean, you you can say what you want about the ACC at large and whether or not we're good or bad as conference. Clemson, two or four, eight. That's that's not going to get it done. You're never you're never going to go anywhere special um, to get this to get to where you want to be. And then Georgia Tech, much credit to those guys. I mean, like you talked about, the unheralded hero stepping up the young guys stepping up, them knocking down the three ball well, and also them having the poise to make just enough plays right when they needed to. Because if Clemson's not very interested in winning this thing, guess what? Somebody got to do it. And so Georgia Tech stepped up and their guys showed up and showed out despite being absolutely blunted and brutalized on the boards. They found a way to get it done. Yeah, I agree. I think that Clemson, 
there's something like a mental break that has to kind of get over said hump of just trying to get out of their own way and sort of everything is not, you know, end all be all just one game at a time. I think they have to get there. But for Georgia Tech, you know, five games skid and you're trying to figure out it's hard to lose six times in a row unless you're, you know, teams like Louisville. But I really feel like Georgia Tech and Stoudemire have something good going. I think that he's been an excellent coach to start the season. And as the record stands, it might be eight and nine. I still feel like that. I mean, excuse me, nine and eight, I still feel like they're a team that's better than their record shows. Yeah, and I, I think the most the most damning part of this loss for Clemson is they were 11-and-a-half-point favorites. 11-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorites. You know, like there's – you're 11-and-a-half-point favorites. You get a banner game, a hot – not only a career high in points, a career high in rebounds from your star in P.J. Hall. And you still got nothing. You still can't close the door on a very young team with a new head coach and all the things. Come on now, come on. Yeah, it, well, it's the hunter. You know. you know, hunter only having two points on the night certainly does not help. Factors not getting a lot of help from your bench, but like we said, Georgia Tech just having a collectively good game, never counting themselves out, and making clutch plays when it matters. I mean, how they got to overtime was one thing how they stayed for another overtime was a whole other factor, but it just felt like, you know, okay, we, we couldn't put them away. Sort of the air got taken out of the room for Clemson, but the fact that they had to try to do it twice, it just felt like that was Georgia Tech's uh, game at that point. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about the, uh, the difference in, you know, you talk about who off the bench did what, and I think that's the biggest difference. That's your ball game. You look at, uh, 33 bench points for Georgia Tech against eight from Clemson. And you're talking about a double overtime game? That's never going to get it done. That's never going to get it done. Your guys are going to wear it down. They're only human. I know everybody thinks that 18 to 22-year-olds can get it done all night long and all that good stuff. You can't. Nobody can. Nobody can. At some point in time, you need some help. You need a break. And they just didn't have the players that could step in and do so. Yeah, I think credit to Sturdivant coming off of Georgia Tech's bench and getting things together uh, for the evening, having a 18 points, 18 points was great for Sturdivant. And I, like I said, I think Georgia Tech is better than their record reflects. And I think it just really speaks to what is ACC play, of course, you know, at the end of the day, you got to come with it every single night and everyone wants to sort of get that conference win especially when you talk about where we're at from a bracketology standpoint every single one matters and trying and losing to the lower tiered uh teams in our conference certainly does not help for your resume but you know maybe it's not always just about the x's and o's sometimes it's about the mental toughness right the mental wellness that is for you as a player and it feels as if maybe something's going on in a Pittsburgh that is not quite clicking, it's not Mike Tomlin. I hate to tell tell y'all, you know, like it's not the Steelers. It, it's over there in uh, the arena there with Capel, but we not too much, you know. I'm gonna we, tell we, you, it's looking like it's all the teams. I mean, all all of them together. I don't know what's going on. Narduzzi, Capel, Tomlin, what? Something, something's in the water in Pittsburgh right now. Something. So, something might be in the ketchup. Who knows? Let's circle. What well, you know? They're not high as field no more. They got bought up by somebody else. I know Akashir, but I'm just saying. Something, Mama named this Hines. You gonna call it Hines? hundred percent. Let's talk about Pitt and their head scratching loss to 
uh, our team here at Syracuse in just a second. But NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first win today. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Let's talk to also about our friends at Jace Medical. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter where it will be reviewed by a board physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than than to be prepared today. We know there's a lot of sicknesses going around and you never want to be without the opportunity to get well. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses between UTIs, respiratory infections, sinuses, skin infections, and others. Any of the stuff could happen to you, so don't let it be you. Go to jacemedical.com, use offer code LOCKED ON and get $20 off your order. Wrapping up the show here with Kenton and Pittsburgh is one of those teams that just can't quite get it done. A 69-58 loss against Syracuse at home is definitely something where Capel has been calling into question his team's mental toughness and whether or not they have what it takes to get through what a gru- what a grueling conference schedule is. And right now I'm saying eh, it's looking kind of shaky, you know, looking real shaky. And it is. It is. This is a team I- – Anytime, and, and I know that this is a radical idea because I know a lot of basketball players are seeing uh, today's game and they're thinking like, oh, three-point shooting is where it's at. I need to do it. Sometimes when that shot isn't falling, you get to the rim. Hey, man, everybody ain't watching film on Tim Duncan, you know? Everybody's the, not watching film on the fundamentals. I, it's, I, I hate to say it. But too many people watching film on your boy Stephen Curry, and now that's why we're here. Between Blake Henson and uh, Carlton Kerrigan, okay, Mm -hmm. between those two, you get a two for 18 from deep shooting night. My brothers in Christ. After five, who told who who didn't tell you to sit your butt down? I I don't know. I don't know. And the worst part for Henson, even outside of the three-point shots. The young man was two of six from inside the arc. The worst part for Carrington, even outside of the 0 for 7 from deep, 0 for 3 inside the arc. There is a thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. John Stockton got really famous for. Mm-hmm. All you do is you find an open teammate, you know, and you get that open teammate the ball. You get some player movement going. You get some, you draw up some good sets because while their numbers are atrocious, and while Capel can say they're not mentally tough, brother, you got to get them mentally tough. You got to get mentally tough players. You got to run some sets so that you don't leave Henson and Carrington on an island to where they got to figure it out all on their own. Or they even feel like we got to figure it out all on their own. But much credit to Syracuse. This Jim Beheimless Syracuse team is figuring it out. They're finding ways on the other side of a a just a devastating shooting night from Pitt. They shot the blood out the ball. Fun fact about this game here. Syracuse took, I want to say, about 10 less threes than uh, Pitt, and yet they made more. Mm. I'm going to say that one more time now. Syracuse was 10 of 17. Uh, Pitt was 5 of 26. So they took nine less 
and made twice as many. That'll play. That'll play. That'll do. All in all, Syracuse shared the ball more. They were the more effective, more efficient team. And again, they were not only taking shots, they were taking makeable shots, and they were knocking them down. Yeah, J.J. Starling with 17, Judah Mintz with 14, and doing what he does best. And I think Syracuse has just really tried to be find some consistency, and I think that's going to be very important for them down the stretch with a new coach and trying to just figure out their new vibe. They remind me a lot of Georgia Tech in terms of just trying to get a new system and discipline and not having our age-old, what what is their, remind me of what is their uh, system that they used to do? That zone. They used yeah. to run that two three zone to death. They would zone you up and down, boy. Every away time. from said zone. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about them, they've only played zone about I want to say six percent of the time. That's that's what ESPN said at least last night during their game. Yeah. They, they only yeah. played you know, yeah. they're doing more man concepts and they're hey, if you can't stick in somebody's hip pocket, go ahead and sit next to me. Sit yeah. right here. I got a spot for you. I'm sure they'll have like a Bayheim night and pay homage and run zone and do all those things. But I certainly think that uh, they are moving in the right direction. But Pitt is definitely not one of the hotter hands, more more like one of the colder teams right now here in the ACC where they've got to turn it around and turn it around quickly if they want to figure things out, face a big one against Duke coming up here this weekend. Yeah, the three teams that lost in that, I would say Wake Forest isn't the only one that's floundering a little bit um, in the conference. You know, Clemson. You were supposed to be a good team, just lacking direction, lacking multiple guys showing up at, at one time. Pitt, I wouldn't say that they were supposed to be one of the better teams in the conference. I, I think most people saw them as a middle of the pack team, and they, they've they kind of languished uh, around that that uh, area and maybe even a little bit below it. But, you know, that's these. there's still plenty of season left. Bracketology may not be on your side this year if you're in the ACC. Because, again, Miami losing to Louisville threw it off for everyone. <laughs> but uh, the reality is you you have to find ways to get done to get it done in some of these games. You know, when you look at, yes, you talk about NC State not giving up and fighting and all that. Wake Forest went to halftime with a 10-point lead. Yes, you talk about um, Georgia Tech having all these guys show up and it, it just be a night where top to bottom, everybody contributed, everybody did something good. But if you're if you're looking at this from Clemson's standpoint, your star has a career night. Why did y'all not give him any help or support to get this done? Why was nobody outside the starting five ready to where they're having to play 40 plus minutes? What are we doing here? Yes, you can talk about um, a very hot shooting night from Syracuse. But on the opposite end, why was nobody taking the ball out of the, the shooter's hands when the shots aren't falling? I, I get letting people shoot through a slump, but at some point in time, you've got to say, hey, brother, you can either pass the ball or you can find a seat next to me. Mm-hmm. That's Those are your two options. So I, I think that all of these games, while very entertaining, they expose some of the, the problems that some of these teams have, and even some of the winning teams uh, had some of their problems on display here. But all in all, this is not the year to lose games that you shouldn't because I'm going to tell you, Flat out. Bracketology will not be kind to us this year. Yep, a thousand percent. Let's take a look at some of the Wednesday matchups that are going down tonight. North North Carolina will take on Louisville at home. That'll be at nine o'clock on ACC Network. The Heels are a 21 and a half favorite. I definitely feel like if you're a betting woman or man, I would take that. I don't think that they're going to win by 21. 
I yeah, I'm not. Anytime you talk 21 in college basketball, that's a that's a crazy line. And With it's all not due respect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in football, if it's in conference, 21 is a crazy line because you're depending on one team not letting up on the gas at any point in time. Yeah. I think that North Carolina is a phenomenal team. I think that they've got it at, at every level in terms of R.J. Davis being the leading scorer in the ACC. Armando Baycott has been a double-double machine for about 15 years in college now. I'm pretty sure he was Tyler Hansbrough's backup back in the day. And you've got uh, multiple other guys coming along and doing good things as well. But 21 still feels a little aggressive. That's a very nice phenomenal compliment you gave. However, I do feel like Armando would have never seen the light of day with Tyler Hansborough on that team, but that's just neither here nor there. Virginia Tech and Virginia play on ESPNU at 7 o'clock. A nice little rivalry game to kick off midway through the season. Virginia's not having a good one right now. However, you know, rivalry games are rivalry games, and I think if Padula is not doing what he needs to do, it's open season. You can book it now. If Padula don't score over 20, they lose this game. But more importantly, um, who is going to score for Virginia? Is, is it going to be Beekman? Is it because we putting out we putting out an APB for you, brother? We we put out all him because he didn't go to the draft to stay behind, and maybe maybe he should have taken his talents and been a two way player. I don't know. Hello, hello. Listen, he's probably thinking to himself right now. The G League sounds a lot better than Charlottesville at the moment, but. You know, who's going to be the guy, right? Other than Beekman, who's going to show up and get it done? Is it going to be done showing up? Is it going to be – who is it going to be? Because somebody has to do something. That that um, that Virginia team is two and three in their last five, and you, you're kind of sitting up here scratching your head saying, back-to-back losses to NC State and Wake Forest, neither of which were particularly close. A uh, 12-point loss, or I'm sorry, 22-point loss to Notre Dame after beating Louisville. You're you're wondering, does Tony Bennett still have the sauce? What's going on with this team? And then on the other side, Virginia Tech, same identical record in their last five. It just so happens to be that, again, Padula has shown up and, and done some amazing things. So a lot of their losses have been closer. But still, it, it's it's tough to bet against Tony Bennett in a situation like this. Thousand percent last game here. Another rivalry match at Florida State and Miami looks a little bit different. You know, Cleveland's on a different team, cope with all things, you know, everyone finding new homes, all that good stuff. Yeah. But Florida State will still try and take on a Miami team that is still figuring out their style, their confidence, who they are as a program. But Florida State pretty much doing the same thing, trying to get back to that Hamilton team of old. But 10 and 6 is a, is a decent start for them. And we'll see how it kind of pans out. Yeah, and I think that the more interesting thing about this game is Hamilton and the Nose are trending in the right direction. Absolutely. Four straight wins, all in conference games. They are getting it done, and I'm not saying that they're playing against necessarily the best in the conference. However, they're getting it done, point blank, period. Miami, on the other hand, lost to Louisville very recently, and we're all sitting here pretending that it didn't happen. Right. Nor Chad Omir has to show up and be not just a good player in this game. He has to be the preeminent force in this game if Miami is to even come close to covering the seven-and-a-half-point spread that they've been given or the seven-and-a-half-point favorite that they've been given. But I'll tell you what, Watkins of Florida State is going to have something to say about that. Bless you. 
100% agree. All right, that is our look at ACC hoops around the bend. We got uh, some women's just some women's games to discuss tomorrow, so make sure you check that out, and as well as some ACC football news as we get ready for what will be an exciting preseason conversation. We're getting ready for spring ball and all the fun things, and of course NILs and coaches and who's moving around, going to the NFL, staying here, doing all that. You know, all of that gets here on our docket. Make sure that you check out YouTube. If you have not subscribed yet, you're doing yourself a disservice. Join our community page and all of that fun stuff. But make sure you also check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple, Spotify, all the things in between. For Candace Cooper and Kenzie Gibbs, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Until next time.